Hello, I'm Tony, and welcome to the Tony Shap Show. Well, hello, everyone. Thanks for joining us again. This week, I have a special guest. His name is Darmish with Fullcast.io. I'm, I'm super grateful for his time. I know he's a super busy guy. So thanks very much for making time for us and the audience to learn more about you. And how are you doing today? I'm doing very well. Thank you, Tony. Awesome. Thanks again. I'm super grateful. Um, so I wanted to start off with, um, you know, the top 10 with Tony. And my famous question when I open up with is, what's your one word open? Well, how would you describe in one word how you're feeling right now? Uh, like I said, gratitude. Uh, I'm grateful um, for what I do. I'm grateful for the people that I get to work with every day. And uh, I'm grateful for everything that I've been given. So, uh, you know, uh, I'm pursuing what I like to do and <laughs> I, you know, I feel blessed. Wonderful. I love that. So let's start off with, you know, how did you get in this business? How did you get started? And tell us more about at a high level what you do um, yeah. just for us to have a better understanding of forecast.io. Yes. My background is general, has largely been, you know, a large enterprise spent about 17 years at Microsoft, another four years after that at Salesforce. My last uh, seven years at Microsoft, I was running business planning for Office 365 and then uh, went into engineering of some uh, some aspects of Office 365. Landed up at Salesforce um, and uh, in 2013, right in the middle of, uh, or at the beginning of their annual planning cycle, uh, my co-founder right now, he had worked with me at Microsoft. He, he's the guy who actually took me to Salesforce. Uh, and so both of us looked at the opportunity of, you know, how planning is done at large enterprises, how tedious the process is. And uh, it's a, largely an Excel-driven um, process. And our view was, you, you know, large scalable business processes cannot be in Excel. It's just too much work, too complicated, too error prone. And so we thought about, uh, we looked at options and not, 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 none were available. And so we decided to solve the problem ourselves and uh, essentially built Fullcast as a platform to what we, it's to streamline go-to-market planning for teams and uh, help them get the plan deployed. So cut down the time it takes to build a plan and then you know, really make it instantaneous to get the plan into action. Wonderful. And would you be able to tell our listeners about one of your, you know, your biggest wins that you've had recently and what did you learn from it? Yeah, I think the biggest win I would say, uh, apart from the customers who've uh, trusted us, uh, you know, we are, we are a really small team, actually, uh, all things considered, actually. And uh, we have uh, some really large enterprises that take dependencies on us. And so... Uh, we have a team of nine people supporting about 15 or 16 large enterprises and we're growing and signing up new customers. So the biggest win for me has been to have a team of people uh, that, uh, that can work independently. And we are a team that's, like I said, I told you earlier when you're chatting, spread within Seattle and San Francisco. And uh, you're able to do that because you don't require a lot of full supervision of people. And I think that win is the ability to hire the right kind of people uh, whom, uh, who, can, who can think independently, who can work independently, but for a collective purpose, right? 
Uh, I have worked in a large company and I know managed teams and I know how much of a time suck management of people can be and getting getting them to, to do what you think and pushing towards a common vision. Not really easy. Uh, so for me, that is, I think, the biggest win. Wonderful. How about, you know, I know we don't like to talk about failure, but it's there. We all have to learn from it and move on. And it's what makes us sometimes, generally speaking. So yeah. I'd love to hear about, you know, one of your biggest failures and what you learned from that. That'd be wonderful too. Absolutely. I mean, everything that we do, like like the wins come because you've learned something on the failure side. And that corollary to that is I've, I've failed um, in sort of anticipating some people in early in the beginning when you we were, were building the company, right? And we, uh, it was how we were hiring people and how we were interviewing people and bringing them onto the team. Um, and we realized quickly was uh, that half an hour interview, we're just getting to know each other uh, and making a decision out of three or four people have spoken is a disaster. Mm -hmm. uh, it, especially in a startup because, you know, the startup has uh, a lot of things that are known, but a lot of things that are unknown as well. And so you might be hiring a person and you can talk very nicely and, you know, it's all things works, but when the rubber hits the road, uh, is not able to live uh, up to the values that you as a team are putting together. And uh, I think uh, we, we, we quickly found out how um, distracting that can be. And not only that, it can be if it's not nipped in the bud on time, it can be um, quite toxic uh, for the company. Right. Understood. Uh, I think uh, for us, the, we, we quickly realized was that the failure was if you're going to hire people who do not align with the core values of your company, and the values are not just put on paper, they're here to live them, then it's a disaster. Got it. Right. Would you be able to go into telling our listeners more on the line, the lines of what is your biggest business expense? as of today? People, uh, people, uh, getting the right set of people. Uh, I think uh, uh, like, like any company, right? Payroll is predictable and payroll happens every month and uh, on a clockwork. And so people become the biggest expense item. Uh, uh, you know, I mean, yeah, today's I mean, dev cost, hosting costs are relatively cheap. Uh, compared to you know uh, uh, what it used to be, uh, so we are, I think people become the number one asset and the number one cost center. <laughs> totally, human capital, right? At yes. least it's a common one, and it is with a lot of leaders I speak to as well. So um, let's go into your favorite online business tool. What is that for you today? I like Miro. Uh, actually, uh, it's uh, I noodle a lot. I uh, I think about you know, frameworks in terms of like, uh, how do we spend time and uh, just uh, orchestrating ourselves. And now the fact that we are all kind of locked up, working independently and no more whiteboards, uh, you know, <laughs> then it's all the more reason for something like I'm here to just brainstorm, what are you going to talk? How are you going to talk uh, and push it out there? In fact, I was just talking to my team uh, every Friday, we have the stunning calls and my partner was saying, I miss our whiteboards. I'm like, yes, I know. <laughs> yeah, we, we all miss our whiteboards. Absolutely. I know the only whiteboard we have, you know, to your point, the only whiteboard we have is on Zoom. We could, you know, pull out your <laughs> iPad and get your pen and then exactly. screen share that, you know, a little bit of a, yeah, I know someone that's uh, whiteboard is very important to them. And one of my closest friends, 
uh, he's, all, he's, a, he's, a, he's a great leader. And every time we have a meeting when, it's, when it used to be in the past face-to-face, -face, I would always have a whiteboard ready for him. So I know how important that is, you know, to all of us. Great. Um, what about your client acquisition? What's your best source for acquiring new high value clients as of today in this market? Yeah, so um, it's our outbound sales strategy uh, that's working us and, and uh, an investment in content. And so we do, um, we tend to do webinars or fireside chats uh, and uh, so that, that has been, that's been a good way for us to sort of find prospects who align with our point of view. Um, at this stage, we don't assume, we don't even think that everybody is going to be our customer. So it's like, you know, the, well, the classic crossing the chasm uh, moment. So we are looking for early adopters who are visionaries who are thinking ahead of the game. And, and, and so uh, for us uh, in outbound, it is a filtering exercise of late, really figuring out, you know, is this person a fast follower or an early adopter? Uh, and uh, so for us, that has worked well and references from our existing customers. Right. Wonderful. Uh, every, every single customer of ours that has come in today, to date, has largely been inbound, uh, even though we do running an outbound campaign. But these are people who hear about us, they hear from their peers, and they'll say, hey, like, we want to talk to you. Uh, right. So, so, so that's how it's been working. It's a balancing that, uh, uh, that what we call is seeding, the, putting the seeds in the ground and through content and, and thought leadership out there, which attracts people who think like us. And then they, then, then they reach out to us and say, hey, can we talk? Well said. Yeah. I love it. Now let's go into the next thing. Um, if you were me, yeah. what is the one question that I should be asking you that I haven't yet, if any? So I'd love to hear, you know, what do you think is a question that I should be asking that I'm not asking? Uh, I think you've asked all the right questions. The only piece that I would just say is... Uh, uh, how do you keep a bunch of people together in a startup, right? Uh, startups by definition are very fragile and hard work, a lot of grit, a lot of resilience. And then it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a hard job to sort of, sort of keeping the flock together, uh, sort of committed to the mission. Um, so I think you know, that would be one thing I would just dive deeper into like, how do you keep your, team together, how do you uh, focus, uh, get people to focus on. But I think you, you picked up all the right questions, actually, that, that those are the, right, uh, the most important ones. Awesome, thank you. And let our listeners know, as we're coming to a close here, let our listeners know how they could get a hold of you, however your preferred method of communication is, whether it's your email or a Twitter handle or your customer service or your website, you know, just l let people know wh what your website is and how they can get a hold of you or to your team if they're interested in hearing more, or if they have questions for you, please feel, do, feel free to do that now. Yeah, so I think uh, LinkedIn is great. Uh, LinkedIn, Dharmesh Singh, uh, or my email address, uh, you know, dharmesh at fullcast.io. Uh, it's pretty straightforward on that one. Uh, those are the two best places, uh, best ways to go. I mean, I, I'm on Twitter, but you know, I'm, I'm generally more reading than tweeting. Uh, but uh, uh, I think the LinkedIn works really well, really well, uh, good for me. Wonderful. Thank you. And as we're at the close now, I'd love to hear your one word close on what, how you're feeling right now compared to the beginning. Oh, same. I'm delighted and grateful for getting to meet you actually. Uh, awesome. Right? 
So always, yeah, we run the business of sort of dealing with people and uh, every new person that I meet, I'm, 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 I'm grateful for you giving us this opportunity. Same here. I'm equally as grateful. Well, there you have it, everyone. There's Darmesh with Fullcast.io. We had the privilege of speaking with him today. It's been awesome. And thanks for sharing more about who you are, your story, your background, and um, what's important to you. So till next time, thanks, everybody, and goodbye. Thank you. And there you go. I hope you enjoyed it and great to have you. And thanks for listening. And don't forget to subscribe and stay tuned for the next episode. Till next time, onwards and upwards.